0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory. Amen. Let's keep our hearts open, take our seats together this morning. Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome here today on this uh, beautiful june morning no one does no one does june days quite like britain do they it's uh, it's something else but here we are in the house of the lord this morning in the presence of god which can warm our hearts more than any glorious sunshine and a title for this morning if you want one is re holy spirit it's not an email it is a preach but it's called re Holy Spirit. It's uh, not very imaginative on this Pentecost Sunday, but you'll understand why we're here. Well, here we are. We've done six weeks in the book of Daniel. We've been focusing on being bringers of the kingdom. And this is a fresh, uh, a separate message, but I can't help but still be impacted by where we've been the last six weeks. And particularly as we come to this focus on Holy Spirit today, It's interesting for me that even as we were in the Old Testament, reading the stories of Daniel, that the pagan kings and queen of Babylon, even they could recognize that there was something special in Daniel. They didn't quite know how to say it, but they said the spirit of the holy gods is in him. They could see that something of the spirit of the true and living God was in Daniel. And as we move forward, seeking to be bringers of the kingdom, as we focus on our go weekend next weekend to outwork the Great Commission, if you haven't booked in yet, pull out your phone right now, do it while I'm speaking, uh, but let's get booked in for that. But as the disciples were waiting to fulfill that Great Commission, Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem. He said, you're going to receive power from on high, you're going to be clothed, with power. And so we told them to wait in Jerusalem for this gift that came at Pentecost. Today, Pentecost Sunday, when the church celebrates and remembers the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So let's go there. Let's read the text. It's Acts chapter 2 starts like this, when the day of Pentecost came, Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language, Parthian, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine." If you've never read the book of Acts, I encourage you to read the book of Acts. It's full of amazing stories of the church being born and getting going. And if you know the stories in Acts 2 and what follows, Peter stood up to preach and he pointed the listeners To the promise, the prophetic promise of Joel that had been brought centuries before, that the Spirit of God would be poured out onto all flesh. You see, up until then, the Old Testament context had been this yes, the Holy Spirit had been present sometimes on Daniel, but not on all believers. The Holy Spirit was given for a specific time to specific people for specific people for a specific purpose. People such as Bezalel and Aholiab, who we find in Exodus, they were skilled craftsmen and they were enabled by the Holy Spirit to make the temple. There were judges who were raised up to lead Israel. The Spirit of God came on them. Saul and David, who were kings of Israel, were anointed with the Spirit of God. There were prophets like Ezekiel. The Holy Spirit came on them. Prophets, kings, deliverers but not on everyone. So Peter went on then, on this day of Pentecost, he shared this prophecy from Joel. He reads it, Acts 2 verse 17, we can find it. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young man will see visions, your old man will dream dreams. This is Peter on the day of Pentecost. He then preached to the crowd about Jesus of Nazareth, his death and resurrection saying, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. He was explaining what was happening. The Holy Spirit was being poured out. And the people there, we get told they were cut to the heart and they cried out, what should we do? They knew they had been part, perhaps some of them, of the crowd that had cried for Jesus to be crucified. And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call." And what followed was a mass baptism as 3,000 people responded to this message, this first preaching of the gospel, and were baptized. This was the birth of the church. And we've got this crowd representing all nations under heaven, as Acts tell us. Hearing it in their own language, we can only think as we understand where these places were, that there were people from Iran, Iraq, Syria, Kuwait, Turkey, other countries across Asia, Greece, Libya, Egypt, and other North African countries. This is the church that was born on that day, a church for all nations, a church of all nations. This is what is happening at Pentecost. The significance of the tongues was that everyone could hear in their own language. The the gospel went beyond the cultural and the language barriers that would otherwise have kept it bound there in Jerusalem. A church for all nations being born. I don't know what the disciples were expecting. Those 120 in the upper room as they waited, as they, I don't know if they knew what was about to happen. You see, Jesus had tried to explain to the disciples something about the Holy Spirit but I don't know what they expected, I don't know what they took on board. I'm sure all of us have had an occasion where you've had some information and you've taken it on board and you have an expectation in your mind of what that's gonna be when it comes to pass. You have booked somewhere online that you were gonna go and stay, be it an Airbnb, be it a hotel, and you arrive and you look around. You think, this is not what I expected from the pictures, yeah? You think, what lens did they use on that camera? Was this the same place? And then you quickly think, well, at least it's clean. Yeah, it's not good, but it does happen sometimes. Or maybe you've ordered something online. It's the perfect design. It's the perfect color. You wait for it to arrive, and it arrives. You were surprised it was such a good price. And then when it arrives, you realize it's because it was the mini version. It was not the size that you actually needed, but you didn't read the dimensions. It wasn't what you expected. From what you had heard or what you had seen. I don't know what the disciples expected, men and women in that upper room, perhaps remembering the words that Jesus had spoken to them about Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus had said in John chapter 14. We read this He said, If you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He said, I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I'm in my father, you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus replied, this is verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. We will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not your own, my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, and I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid." That was Jesus' introduction to Holy Spirit. And then there they found themselves on the day of Pentecost. I'm sure there must have been some among them who were there who said, I remember what Jesus said. I was listening that day, I know I heard. This was not what I expected it to look like. I was not imagining that it would be like this. You see, so often the Holy Spirit can be the hardest person of the Trinity for us to understand. This three in one God that we have sung about today. Three persons, one God revealed in Scripture, but the Holy Spirit can be the hardest for us to understand or to know what to expect. And so, sometimes he can be the hardest for us to engage with. The disciples, you see, they got to know Jesus. They were beginning even to understand that he was God in the flesh, but then Jesus was explaining that he was gonna go, but he was gonna send another, an advocate, a counselor, a helper, a friend, one like him who would encourage and comfort. And Jesus uses a really important word in the Greek for another. He uses the Greek word, "allos," which means another of the same kind. He could have used the greek word heteros which means another of a different kind but he didn't he said this is another of the same kind he's going to come in spirit but not in flesh but it's the same life the same substance the same essence you see sometimes we can think of holy spirit and we think he's something less than the father or something less than the spirit or in some way subordinate to them but it's not so sometimes we can think of holy spirit maybe think he's just indistinct and indiscriminate power, but no, Holy Spirit is a person, another friend, Jesus called him, of the same kind, the same life, the same substance, the same essence, the same elements. We can miss this. Even in the early church, people missed this. There were many misconceptions around THE HOLY SPIRIT, AND SO THE EARLY CHURCH COUNCILS AS THEY GRAPPLED WITH uh, ORTHODOX CHRISTIAN DOCTRINE, THE COUNCIL OF CONSTANTINOPLE IN A.D. 381, MADE AN OFFICIAL STATEMENT THAT THE HOLY SPIRIT IS EQUALLY CO-SUBSTANTIAL AND ETERNAL WITH THE FATHER AND THE SON. THAT MEANS HE CONSISTS OF THE SAME STUFF, THE SAME SUBSTANCE, THE SAME ESSENCE, THE SAME CHARACTER, THE SAME LIFE. HE IS ANOTHER FRIEND OF THE SAME KIND with every way that you could use the word same. Now, I grew up in a family where I was taught about God. My mom and dad, they were first generation Christians. They taught us about God. I learned that Jesus had died for me. As a four-year-old, I invited Jesus into my life. Now, admittedly, my theology was not well developed as a four-year-old, perhaps understandably, As I grew older and into my teens, I began to learn more about God, learning to trust Him, to love Him, to live for Him. I had some understanding of the Father and of the Son who had died for me. But I've got to say my understanding of Holy Spirit was a lot more patchy. In the church that I was part of, He was often referred to as the Holy Ghost, which sounded a little bit scary. My framework of reference really was the Apostles' Creed. We actually sung a version of this at the start this morning. I hope you were here for the first song the Apostles' Creed, I believe, which meant every week I affirmed that I believed the Holy Spirit was responsible for the conception of Jesus in the Virgin Mary. And I confessed every week and declared that I believed in the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really know who He was. Sometimes we would say something called the grace. It's a verse from 2 Corinthians 13 and 14, it says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen." We used to say it. We used to say it to each other. We used to be encouraged to look people in the eye and say it like you really meant it. I really meant it, but I had no idea what the fellowship of the Holy Spirit really was. That was my frame of reference for Holy Spirit. Until as a 17-year-old, things began to change in my life. I began to find out about Holy Spirit. I've told the story before, you may have heard me talk of it. Rosemary, an older lady in my church, invited me to a ladies prayer breakfast where Suzette Hatting was speaking. She was a lady full of the Holy Spirit. She had ministered with the late famous evangelist, Reinhard Bonnke, seeing uh, phenomenal miracles and responses to the gospel across the nations of Africa. The truth is I can't remember what I had for breakfast that morning, although I'm sure it was very good. I know the building that I went to, but I can't remember the hall that I stood in or the details of that. But what I do remember is it's the first time that I sensed the presence of God. It's the first time that I stood somewhere and I knew that God was in the room. I'd sung songs before, I'd worshiped before and I'd done it sincerely, but it's the first time that I knew God was there. And I spent the weeks and the months that followed that, trying to find the songs that we'd sung trying to recreate something of that moment, because that morning I'd experienced as a 17-year-old the presence of God, the presence of Holy Spirit, and it felt like what I'd been born for. It felt like coming home. In the couple of years that followed that, I took tiny steps to experience more of Holy Spirit. I went and took a year out and worked at a church in Marseille and came across some people who were very full of the Holy Spirit. In fact, they seemed to kind of prophesy over anything that breathed or moved. And I found myself hungry for God, hungry for more of what I saw of Holy Spirit in others. The lady that had taken me to the breakfast, Rosemary, when I came back to the UK, I, I talked with her. I said, what do I need to do to be filled with the Holy Spirit? She told me to go into my room and to ask God to fill me with Holy Spirit and then to wait. I'd asked her about how to speak in tongues. She said, well, when you've asked and when you've waited, then just try and speak. Not in English, not in French, just let it come out. So I went home and I tried to do what she'd advised me to do. I was unsure, but I was expectant and I waited. And I waited some more. I wasn't sure how long I was meant to wait. I wasn't even sure exactly what I was waiting for. I, I think there was meant I thought maybe there should be like a rushing wind or some fire because that's what I'd read about in the scripture. I thought there must be some manifestation of God's power, but that wasn't actually what happened. I just felt very peaceful. That was all. I had a go at speaking in tongues and made these kind of couple of different sounds that weren't things that normally came out of my mouth but I was so self-conscious and so determined that I was not gonna make it up because I didn't want something that wasn't real, I promptly stopped. I tried a few more times on a few more occasions with the same outcome. And actually, it was only when I allowed someone 18 months later in a different church in a different city to hear the faltering sounds that I was making, that they said, they encouraged me. I said, that's it. You're speaking in tongues. And they encouraged me to keep going. And I did finally get speaking in tongues. It wasn't exactly a textbook start. It wasn't exactly day of Pentecost stuff. But you know, I hear so many people, Actually, I hear some people who just like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit comes on them and the tongues rushes out of them as if it can't be held back. I hear those stories. I find them deeply unhelpful. It's lovely. I'm glad you've been blessed. I used to find those deeply unhelpful. But I hear many, many people also who've had a go, make a couple of sounds, but they're so determined, rightly so, to have an integrity in their journey and a reality and not wanting to make it up that they hold back and they don't push in or lean in to what they have been given. My experience, it was a faltering start. I felt a bit embarrassed in the things of the Holy Spirit because I'd been a Christian a little while. I knew the Bible quite well. I felt like a baby in the things of the Holy Spirit. I was not very good at receiving. I still had so many questions. And then I remember as a 20-year-old, as a student in Nottingham, hitting a really tough time and in something of a personal crisis, in my little student room, pouring out my heart to God. And the tangible presence of God filled the room. Filled me, enveloped me, surprised me, by the intensity of his presence there. And I knew that Holy Spirit was with me. I knew that God was with me. That he was gonna bring me through. I Didn't know how it was gonna work out. I didn't know how, what it was gonna look like, but I knew he was gonna bring me through. And the truth is that his presence, Holy Spirit's presence, changed everything. I began to learn to relax a little and allow Holy Spirit into the ordinary everyday moments of my life, as many of you do. And I've spent the last 25 years learning to walk with Holy Spirit, to work with him, to grow in sensitivity to him, nurturing his presence in me, seeking to partner with him in ministry. And the truth is, Holy Spirit has become indescribably precious to me. For many years, I had a Christianity that was real. It did shape my life but it was without the vibrancy or the passion, the energy, most of all, without the intimate presence of Holy Spirit, mainly because I didn't understand who He was. Perhaps for all of us from time to time, it can be helpful to stop and take stock To revisit, have I understood who Holy Spirit is? And maybe to reassess, what am I doing with what I know of Holy Spirit? And what better day for us to take a moment to refocus on Holy Spirit than Pentecost Sunday? So this morning, here is a refresher, really, from the Scriptures of what Holy Spirit is and what He does in our lives, just to help us to then fully lean in and open our hearts to Him. We're going to take a look. Six brief things. Number one, He realigns us. And these are just going to be from the verses that we've read. John 14, 17, it says, He's the spirit of truth. Now, how can we know what is true in this era of fake news and conspiracy theories? There's propaganda and deep fakes. You know, postmodernism likes to convince us that we can all have our own truth. Of course, we can get confused, misled, deceived, spammed. But Jesus said, I'm going to send you another friend. And he is the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. He's going to help us find our way back to truth. He's going to realign us to what is right and true. You know, Romans 12, 2, Paul also, he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He was saying in this journey of discipleship and following Jesus, you're gonna need to get rid of the lies, get rid of the misinformation, get rid of the old narratives of your past life. Maybe things that have been passed on to you by your family or teachers or a kid in the playground, words carelessly or meanly spoken over you that have taken hold in your life. Maybe there's things they live in your head, rent free, but they're not true. Holy Spirit is here to help us to realign our minds and our lives to what is true. He's the spirit of truth. So renewing your mind isn't easy work. You know that if you've tried it. But we have another helper, Holy Spirit, who will help and empower us to do this life-transforming work. He's going to lead us back into all truth because he realigns us. Secondly, Holy Spirit resides in us. He resides in us. John fourteen twenty-three. if anyone loves me, he'll obey my teaching. My father will love him. We'll come to him, we'll make our home in him. They do that by Holy Spirit, make our home in him. Jesus, we know, came and made his dwelling among us, God in the flesh. But Jesus, John 14 tells us, God is gonna make his dwelling, not with you, but in you. Holy Spirit's gonna come to reside in you, to make his dwelling in you. Your body will become his residence. He's not coming for a visit. He's not coming just to stay a while. He's coming to reside, to stay put, to come, and to never, ever leave, to bring the full presence of God, the same stuff of the Father and the Son, and to bring it right into our hearts and our lives, to be with us wherever we go. What an indescribably precious gift. God himself residing in us. This is Holy Spirit. Number three, Holy Spirit reminds us. He reminds us. John fourteen twenty six. but the counselor, the friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said. He brings to mind the things we've heard and read that Jesus said so that we can live our lives with those words fully accessible to us so they can shape us, change us, guide us, direct us, inform us, and become flesh in us. Anybody here this morning wish that your memory was better? Yes, quite a few of us. Anyone here sometimes struggle to remember the words of Jesus? yeah, well, Holy Spirit is here to help us with this very thing. He's here to remind us, because the words of Jesus are critically life-giving, and we need them. Jesus said of his own words, he said, the words I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. There's life in the words of Jesus. Now, we have the added assistance that someone has written them down for us. That is a help. But on top of that, we also have Holy Spirit here to remind us of everything that Jesus said. He reminds us. Number four, the Holy Spirit reassures us. John 14, 27, we often take this verse and pull it out of the context of this passage, but peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid. Friends, peace has a name peace has a name. You know, little toddlers, when they're out exploring, they don't assess whether they should be anxious or not. If they see something and they're unsure, what they immediately do is they look around. And what are they looking for? They're looking to see if daddy is there. They're looking to see if mummy is there. And if mummy or daddy is there, then we're good. Peace is there. Because peace so often is about knowing who is with us." Jesus said in this conversation about Holy Spirit, He said, Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. This peace, it's bound up in our knowing and relating with Holy Spirit, knowing that He's with us. You're not going to be alone. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to let your heart be troubled. Just remember, be reassured, Daddy is here. Heavenly Father is here. The Almighty God is here. Holy Spirit reassures us. The Almighty has not left us. He is with us still. He says, if I'm with you, if my spirit is in you, you don't need to fear, you don't need to be troubled. Nowhere is out of reach. Peace is with us because He is with us. Holy Spirit reassures us. Wherever we are, He is there with us. Holy Spirit, He realigns us. He resides in us, reminds us of words of life. He reassures us. Fifthly this morning, He reforms us. Holy Spirit helps us get our lives back on track. The words of Paul again, Galatians 5:16, he says, So I live by the Spirit, so live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And he gives us one of his lists, which includes some things like sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, hatred, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, drunkenness. And he goes on, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit helps us not to comply with the sinful nature, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Truth is, probably most of us, all of us, are still in the process of being reformed. It's a work underway, maybe in the big things of life, maybe in the small things, maybe the external things that others see, or maybe in the matters of our heart. But Holy Spirit reforms us as He resides in us, as we grow in sensitivity to His promptings, as we grow in our obedience to what He says. You know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is that little by little we change. We're reformed. A bit more love, a bit more patience, a bit more gentleness, a bit more self-control. You know, it's how the Holy Spirit treats us as He lives in us. He treats us with those things, with patience, with gentleness, with kindness. And the truth is that over time, it rubs off. It changes us from the inside out, not things we are striving for more of, but things that grow in us by the presence of Holy Spirit in us. Holy Spirit works in us to reform us. I'm so grateful for his reforming work in me that continues sixthly and finally of these six things today. Holy Spirit recharges us. He recharges us. This brings us back full circle to the promise of Pentecost. Acts 1.8, Luke 24.49 was the promise that they would receive power from on high, that they would be witnesses, that they would be clothed with power. There's this promise That we would be supercharged, recharged, to be empowered for bringing the gospel. The same power that began to bring the church would continue to bring the church, to grow the church, to bring this harvest of souls that Martin referred to earlier today. That we would be able to bring the gospel of Jesus, not just with words, but with his presence and with his power, with God working in us and through us, anointing and empowering our words, backing us up, answering our prayers when we step out and share with a colleague at work or at school, signs following our words, recharging us so that we would have boldness instead of timidity and fear. Perhaps many of us need that afresh today enabling us to cross over cultural boundaries, language boundaries, maybe places where we would uh, feel a little uncomfortable to go, but He recharges us, allows us to go out of our comfort zone because God is building a church, not just of people who look like us, but a church of all nations. He's reaching out to save and to redeem all peoples. I wonder if I can invite the band to come and join. Now, as we prepare for our go weekend next weekend, as we gear to live our lives as kingdom bringers in places where it feels like we're in exile, we, we need boldness. We need God's recharging power. We need Holy Spirit. As we meet this afternoon and we talk about standing together in our workplace forum, we're seeking to stand for justice, for racial justice, we need boldness. We need Holy Spirit to recharge us as we speak and share about Jesus with our neighbors, with our colleagues, as we offer to pray, step out, as we serve, as we demonstrate the love of Jesus, Holy Spirit recharges us for His service. Friends, Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh, available for all, available at home, If you're listening and joining us online, you don't have to be in the room because Holy Spirit is available for us all to realign you, to transform you with the truth, to reside in you and make his home in you always, to remind you of all the life-giving words that Jesus has said, to reassure you that he is with you and that you can be at peace, to reform you, keep changing you, to recharge you and empower you to share him with others. Of course, It's not an exhaustive list. There's much more that the Holy Spirit does. He brings release and recovery. He restores and refreshes. He refills and refuels. He redirects, he revives, and more. And the question for us this morning, this Pentecost Day, is how do we respond? How do you respond? The words of Paul, Ephesians 5.18, he said, "'Be filled with the Holy Spirit, A present continuous tense, be being filled. This is not a one-off affair. But I'm conscious, maybe you're here today, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're not sure if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to be filled again. You don't have to come to church to be filled with the Holy Spirit, by the way, but we are gonna take the opportunity this morning to invite Him to fill us afresh. You know, for some of us, I'm conscious, maybe we, haven't slowed down or stopped long enough lately for Holy Spirit to fill us. I don't know if you've ever tried to fill up a car with petrol or diesel without stopping the car. I don't think we'd try it, especially now. It would be such a waste with all that would get spilled and we can't afford that with current petrol prices. You have to stop the vehicle for it to be filled. Even planes that can be refueled in flight, they have to regulate their speed to enable the refueling. The truth is some of us, we've forgotten to wait, or we've never learned to wait or to be still long enough for Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. So as I come to a conclusion this morning, I simply want to invite you to respond. Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh for you so that you would know him to realign you, to reassure you. To remind you, to reform you, to recharge you. I'm going to invite you this morning to open your heart afresh to Holy Spirit, to be still and to wait before Him, to tell Him that you need Him, that you desire Him, to welcome Him into your heart. If you want to receive afresh this morning, I invite you to stand to your feet, here in the room why not do the same at home if you want to receive holy spirit just stand to your feet where you are if you've never been filled with the holy spirit and that's fine because this is our, everyone's experience there's a day when it happens for the first time if you've never been filled with the holy spirit or if you're not sure if you've been filled with the holy spirit i'm going to invite you to come out to the front so that our prayer team can pray with you one on one so just come Right now, even as I'm speaking and before the band play, just come to the front down here. The prayer team will be ready for you. But for all of us, let's open our hearts. Let's just be still as we wait. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We honor you, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you presence yourself with us. We thank you that you bring the fullness of God in us thank you for all that you do in us. We need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We invite you in these moments. Please come right now into every open heart, into every life. Please would you come to realign to reside, come to remind us, come to reassure, come to reform us and recharge us, come afresh Holy Spirit, release, restore, revive your people, have your way in us, Holy Spirit. Are here and you've never been filled with Holy Spirit, or you're not sure, we'd love to pray with you. Just continue to receive in a moment. The band are going to lead us in a song that just help us to continue to respond and keep our hearts open. But do come if you've never been filled. Let us pray with you today.